Hi, everyone. My name is Sumble Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. We're here. We're here. We weren't here last week. No. Did you guys all miss us so much? We missed each other. It's been <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, you know, I took last week off because I took some days off. Was it I, only one week? It felt like you were gone for a long I know, time. I, know. I, I was, kept wanting to call you and text you, but you were... I know. We're in here. Yeah. We had a really long hug before we started this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I had two weddings to go to. It's that age. So everyone is getting married. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Did you get to buy a nice dress? No. I just, re- I mean, I have to wear sneakers with whatever I wear. Oh, God. I know. I, I don't want to talk about it. Or, I, I mean, I can, I have a crutch that I wear so I can, I, that I can, I bring so I can dance a little bit. With your sneakers on? Well, I have one sandal that I'll put on on my the left ankle uh-huh. with the braid. Anyway, it's a really hot. Are mess. you posting pictures? Because I no, I I can't get a good mental. You'll see um, <laughs> on Instagram that I'm only posting pictures of the like couple. from the knees up. No, I'm only pictured oh. literally mostly of the couple because I don't want anyone to see my uh, your predicament. Get up. Yeah, but anyway, I, I, it's great to go to weddings. And shout out to my friend Caitlin who got married. She actually listens to this podcast. She's in shout New York. Shout out to Caitlin. Congratulations. Yeah, Caitlin I ugly cried during their vows. They both were sobbing up there. Like, oh, oh I know. That's so moving. It was so moving. Uh, anyway, so um, it was great to great to enjoy that time. But <laughs> just, I, I'm like laughing thinking about the woman next to you who like doesn't know you. And there's like the woman with one sneaker on ugly crying during the vows. She's telling that story yeah. in like oh Columbus, Ohio like, right who now. Who is this woman? Um, but yeah, I, I did miss you. Oh, I missed you too. Well, you know who I did miss was Olivia D'Ambrosio, yes. who joined us on the city council run last year, and she's here with us in the studio right yeah, now. Yeah, we have a special guest star today for everyone. So exciting. Welcome, Olivia. Hi, women. Thanks for having me here. We're glad to have you. So Olivia D'Ambrosio ran for Cambridge City Council last year, and I'm sure you all remember her as the art, the arts counselor. She was at every debate talking about the arts and bringing arts front and center and super inspiring. Um, but she does a lot of things here in Cambridge. She is a faculty member at the MIT Department of Theater and has been for five years. She's the newest member of the Cambridge Arts Advisory Board. And she is going to be talking to us today about, she's also the producing artistic director of the Bridge Repertory Theater of Boston, which is currently in its second season. Um, So you're here to talk to us about a pretty cool show about women. We're really glad you're here. And just so listeners know, uh, you are a Brown alum. You have an MFA from Brown. I yeah. Am. I'm a Brown Bear. Yes. I have my MFA in acting from the Trinity Rep program that's in partnership with Brown down in Rhode Island. Awesome. Yeah. You're so cool. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I wish I was as cool as you guys, but two thirds of us right now went to Brown. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you know, we uh we have a few questions for you. We do. And they're the most important questions that we're gonna ask you here today. Okay. What is your favorite TV show and your favorite musical artist? These are the things totally. Sumble and I really like to talk about, actually. Well, I was just asking my friends what it says about me that the two shows that I watch every week with other people are RuPaul's Drag Race and The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I think praise that says be. you're pretty awesome. Yeah, praise be. May the, may the Lord open. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because so, we were yeah. just talking about this on Facebook about The Handmaid's Tale that I stopped watching this season because it got so dark no, and I was like, I can't in. go on. You got to hang in. Did okay. you watch yesterday's episode? I did. Please. Oh my gosh. Guys, I'm like on episode four because I... 
You have to in. catch up. Yeah. I do. Okay. Have faith. <laughs> praise <his> praise be. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, well, uh, my friends have uh, indoctrinated me this season, season 10, which just season finished Season 10? Up. Yes, it has become a huge thing. Okay. Um, and uh, I have a lot of catching up to do on seasons one to nine now that I have the bug. Well, it so. is summer. Yeah. <laughs> Could have a few, <laughs> few bingey days. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, ooh, my favorite musical artist. That one's hard. It really is. Yeah. You could go with genre. We've gone with genre you know, before. I mean, he's still like way up there. Eminem. I love oh, Eminem. <laughs> he keeps coming back too. He does. I know he, he does. keeps reti- retiring. And then he keeps coming quotes. back. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not a big rap fan. You're not? No. <laughs> Soft rock all the way. <laughs> We're talking Celine Dion is her favorite. Oh, yeah. Little and Brian Adams. Adams. Yep. Yeah. Brian Adams. All right. So Eminem. All right. Yeah, Thanks I would for support sharing. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd solidly, absolutely say favorite, but, you know. Well, you uh, it came to mind as a y- top contender. You have a wedding coming up. I uh, do. I don't yeah. know the date, but. Um, yeah, next July 6th, uh, 2019, I'm going to marry my sweetheart, Rachel. That's the plan, anyway. I'm, we're invited, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be podcasting the whole ep- the whole <laughs> the wedding. Whole wedding. Awesome. Well, some will be ugly, ugly crying. Oh, yeah, right? Are with, you going to be with a shoe? By now? I will. I hope. But do you guys have a wedding song? Yeah. A wedding song? Yeah. Um, we it's might too forego it's, it's some of, of those traditions. <laughs> it's off of Eight Mile. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, are you going to play Eminem? <laughs> yep. Now that I think we have to. Well, that's great. We're we're glad. Uh, we, you know, this is an important. These are important questions because it really allows us to get to know you a little bit. Uh, TV and music are really important to us. Yeah. So you've been really busy, and you're here to talk to us today about a show that you are producing mm-hmm. called The Dark Room. Yeah, it's just yes, no, or just dark. Room. Yes, just dark. Room. Just dark room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. I would love to. Um, as Alana Counselor Mallon said, I am the producing artistic director of Bridge Repertory. It's our, um, you must have pulled this from my not updated personal website. Uh, it's Bridge Rep's fifth year, and it's, oh. our, it's our first year in residence at the Multicultural Arts Center. And that's in East Cambridge. It is in East it's Cambridge. Beautiful. Yeah. It's really pretty. And we it. also officially just recently changed our name to Just Plain Old Bridge Repertory Theater because now we're in Cambridge. So the of Boston is out, is gone is all out. So we're over in the art center and we're producing Dark Room. It's a world premiere, which means it's never been shown anywhere in the world uh, by a living playwright named George Brandt, who is a really wonderful guy and a great, great artist. And his plays have been produced on Broadway and um, across the country and even internationally. And he was here with us a few months ago to work on the play. So uh, Dark Room is inspired by the photographs taken by a woman uh, who was named Francesca Woodman. She died by suicide when she was 22 years old in 1981 in New York City. And she was incredibly brilliant and prolific and just left behind just an incredible amount of photography, Uh, especially when you consider that back at that time you had to actually take pictures on film and then develop the film and then turn the film into prints it was a different process than we have now and so she just left behind this huge canon of work and George the playwright was totally sort of uh, his imagination was totally enthralled by 
what she had left behind and so he wrote this play and um, each scene in the play is inspired by a different photograph or a different series of photographs from her from her uh, canon and there's this silent character who um, is called the girl in the polka dot dress who is sort of a you know fictional imaginative representation of Woodman although she's not called Francesca or anything like that it's really um uh, it's it's a little it's not quite as direct as that. Well, there's um, a there's a really yeah. famous picture of Francesca called polka dots, right? Where she's w- wearing a polka dot dress. Yeah, does it, it come from that? Yeah. So the um, so one of her most uh, kind of hev- heavily published books of of photography has this picture of her. She did a lot of self portraits, partially because um, she was always available. And uh, when you're a young artist, you know, having people model for you is not always easy. So she took a lot of self portraits, largely out of the fact that she was available <laughs> all the time to be her own model. And yes, on the cover of um, one of her books, which is also on our homepage, bridgerep.org, you see the girl in the polka dot dress picture. It's her sort of crouched in the corner in this sort of tattered polka dot dress. And um, she's and, just sort of staring right at the camera. Yeah, it's, it's like an arresting totally. kind of gaze. Yeah, and there's like this little patch of her rib cage that's exposed. Um, and we have this amazing woman named Jenna Pollock, who's a Juilliard dance graduate. She's playing the girl in the polka dot dress in our play because the character doesn't speak, she only moves. So we hired a really uh, brilliant mover to play the girl in the polka dot dress. And our costume designer sent me like 10 different polka dot dresses to choose from mm-hmm. and we uh we settled on this really cool vintage polka dot dress that captures what's in the in the photograph that's awesome so, yeah it's cool it's been fun so and i was reading about her so she she jumped out a window she did when she was 22 when she was 22 in new york city and it seems like from what i was reading about her no one discovered her as an artist until like five years after she died yeah she's definitely sort of grown in kind of fame and intrigue um slowly but surely since her death she was really uh, this from what i understand she was really considered to be just a total genius when she was at the rhode island school of design but then when she moved to new york she was um sort of impatient in terms of you know really wanting a seat at the table of sort of the you know biggest most renowned um visual artists of the time and instead she sort of got you know more or less in her estimation sort of demoted to being the assistant of you know a fashion photographer or this that and the other thing and she so she sort of went from being really recognized at RISD to not being recognized in New York and it was a difficult transition transition. yeah it's the her photographs are beautiful so she has it's is a gelatin silver print is like what the medium that she used so they're really sharp yes they're, the, they're, the backgrounds are really sharp but then the women because it's like the way that she I forget the term well she did f- cool things with exposure right so yeah so the bodies are often blurred but the objects are completely just crystal crystal clear. clear and also a lot of her photographs are very small so they look like Instagram photographs <laughs> a lot of them look mm-hmm. like these sort of small filtered um, photographs but they were done you know by hand the you know uh, 
as I was saying, in the quote-unquote old-fashioned way of developing photography. So um, that, that tension between the stillness of the objects and the movement of the bodies is something we've tried to capture in the play as well. It's been fun trying to go from, you know, a two-dimensional medium like photography into a three, uh, that's also black and white, into a three-dimensional performance that's in color. So those have been fun uh, obstacles and questions to play with. And how big is the cast? The cast has 22 women in it. Wow. Yeah. Because so she only took pictures of women. She pretty much only took pictures of women. There's very, very few men in her uh, work. And George, the playwright, is very interested in writing stories about women. And he said in an interview at Trinity Rep earlier this year that he thinks women's stories are largely more interesting than men's. So I love that. Thank you, I George. Believe it. Yep. Thank you, George. Um, and the way that this play is written, because each scene is its own vignette, uh, inspired by a photograph, they all—they're all related to each other, but they're also um, totally independent. I chose to do a large cast concept and to give every single role its own actor. So we have 22 women. Um, Jenna plays the girl in the polka dot dress, and then we have 21 other women who range in age from 15 to over 60, I would guess. Um, playing all of the other characters. And then we have a special uh, situation. There is one male character. He appears for about one minute in a non-speaking role. Perfect. Yep. And um, <laughs> in order to engage the community a bit, we didn't cast an actor. We're using a different man from the community who's, uh, you know, who are not actors uh, to appear in the show every night. So um, they'll each... I, I just about have everybody. Um, they'll watch the show, and then the next night they'll be in the show. They'll have a rehearsal oh, cool. and be in the show. So we have twi- we have sixteen men lined up to wow. to also join the twenty two women. Great, <laughs> yeah. And so when's the show? Give us the de- details. The first preview is on July twenty seventh, and it runs until August sixteenth. We have sixteen shows total. They, it's sort of an unusual schedule because it's the summer, so we have, you know, a Monday performance in there. We have, you know, uh, pretty much we hit all days of the week at some point. So um, we're hopeful that people will be able to check it out. All the shows are at 7.30, and my guess is it's going to be just a little bit under 90 minutes, somewhere between 75 and 90 minutes long. It's one act, no intermission. And uh, I think it's going to be really very special. Um, I am really excited about seeing it. I have to say, especially after looking at some of these photographs and reading a lot about her life. Yeah. And um, we should go. We should definitely go. If you listeners get a chance to check out um, Francesca Woodman's work. And when I was looking at her work, I was really thinking about how women are sort of always in motion. Right. And that her photographs, for me, really brought that to light. Like, there's that background that's really crisp, and then the woman is always sort of moving. And to me, that's how I, that's how I see women, always moving, always working on something, always doing something interesting. So, I don't know. I really, I kind of was moved by her photography, and I'm looking forward to seeing sort of this theater version of, of what that looks like. Yeah, thank you. I would be delighted to have you both. Um, we are in conversation with the city about um, possibly – having some uh, ticket opportunities that sort of deepen Cambridge residents' relationship with the Art Center and with Bridge Repertory. Um, so there, you can be on the lookout for that. And uh, 
otherwise, we have a really accessible ticket pricing model. So our tickets for previews start at just over $10, um, and they go all the way up to $525 because we have a tiered ticketing system um, where you pay what you choose based on knowing how much a production actually costs and how much you are able to chip in to offset those costs. Yeah, I was checking out the Eventbrite today. You can buy tickets at uh, darkroom.eventbrite.com. And so there was this sort of this window of kind of tickets, right? There's the subsidized tickets, the full price tickets, and then what you're calling a true cost ticket, which is $525. So yeah. you kind of lay out here is how much it costs to put on this whole production. And if we if we charged every ticket as if it would cover the costs, it would be $525. And I think as arts patrons, those are that that's an important number for us to understand. Yeah, so Darkroom has it's a team of um close to 50 people, uh maybe even more than that between the cast and myself the assistant director, the dramaturg, the movement designers, the three stage managers, the technical director, the scenic carpenter. The, I mean, the list goes on and on. It takes a humongous number of people to create a play. Plus, the playwright himself estimated that he spent no less than 200 hours writing this. So I did a spreadsheet to approximate the total number of hours that's spent on Darkroom, and it exceeds 10,000 hours. And if everyone were earning, you know, even a, a humble wage of $20 an hour and you multiplied it by the number of hours total that's being spent on the production and then you divide it by the total number of seats that are available, that's how we got to that $525 number. So if you're thinking about it, it's about, you know, $525 for 75 to 90 minutes of art. Um, and if you think about, you know, it in that way, it's just a kind of a different framing of of what it costs in terms of money to have a production like that in your community. I mean, I think that that's for me what you brought to the city council race was really always quantifying how much arts revenue is generated here in Cambridge and how there really isn't the investment on the other side to support it and. I feel like that's what you brought to every single forum that you brought to every single yeah. part of running, and I I loved that about you. you yeah, killed it. Yeah, yeah, you thanks, did, guys. Yeah, it's important <clears throat> to have people understand how you know art art like actually is a process and takes just the same amount of time as research and development in any other industry, and um, people and time cost money. So, yep. And I've seen a few of your shows. Um, you have? Yes, yeah, Celine Dion. We had some <laughs> Celine Dion at the Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's been it's been really fun. And, I, you know, what I always have noticed that there's just so much energy and um, there's so many people there. Yeah. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about how and where you publicize and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, I am proud that we've really been able to cultivate, even here in our first year in residence at the Art Center, um, a really uh, wide-ranging audience, especially in terms of age and uh, all the demographics. Um, some of it is that I teach at MIT, and I've been really successful there, and uh, I've taught you know close to 500 students over the five years, and you know a lot of them are still in the area. So I ha we draw a huge amount of MIT students to the Art Center because it's right up the street. 
And then, you know, I mean, we just sort of pound the pavement in terms of uh, we've done door to door, like city council style, door to door, you know, bringing postcards to people's doors in the neighborhood um, uh, right around the art center. We consign tickets through other um, platforms like Gold Star and Boss Ticks. Um, and word of mouth, uh, personal invitations, a humongous amount of time and love and effort goes into cultivating those audiences. So thanks for noticing and thanks for being part of them, Councillor Siddiqui. Well, we both look forward to coming to the show. Um, and, and, and it's July 27th starts. July 27th is the first preview. So previews are sort of intermediary between rehearsals and the opening night because, as you can imagine, it's really different to perform something in an empty room and then to suddenly have an audience. So um, part of the theater process is to have several what are called previews where it is a performance in front of an audience, but it's technically still a very kind of advanced level of rehearsal where the actors are having the opportunity to calibrate to being in front of people because it's such a different event once you add the audience. I can't even imagine being an actress. You know, I have always, that was my dream. Really? Yeah. I don't talk about it because it well, didn't happen. <laughs> well, you could be in the next Bridge Rep show. Yeah, careful what you say on, the, on the airwaves, counselor. I might come <laughs> knocking so on your door. I would love to do a performance. I am. Um, <laughs> I yeah, and I'll do it like pro bono. You don't have to pay me. <laughs> do it for fun. Um, <laughs> you heard Ava first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did a lot of theater uh, throughout my days at Range, and so um, oh, I got a few awards. Not gonna lie, uh, for my talent. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that you should sell yourself cheap. Then Brett uh, Brett from Range is yeah. one of the walk-on guys. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of the d- d- drama teachers there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. So glad you stopped by. Thank you both for Is having me. Is there anything me. else you want to tell our listeners about you, you Bridge Rep, the show? Just come. Yeah, just come check it out. Come see what it's like to have 22 women on stage. It's pretty neat. And um, keep voting women into the city council, like Councillor Mallon and Councillor Siddiqui and Councillor Devereaux and Simmons. They need uh, more of them up there. So... Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. So before we leave, we do have some updates for our listeners. Uh, Last night we had a peace walk in the port, uh, you know, as a way to recognize what's been happening and really for the police to come out and uh, other community members to come out and walk peacefully through the port. It was a really great turnout and it was really powerful. I saw the videos and pictures online. I couldn't be there, but it looked really like there was a lot of people there. And what a great idea. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think our Cambridge Police Department and Commissioner Bard, uh, they're, you know, really working hard to uh, make the community feel that, you know, they're there. They're, you know, want to help be as helpful as possible. Yeah, and there's another one planned for August, right? Yes. So yes. we will definitely keep people posted because it was really just nice to see people kind of just walking together and and being a community. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely let you know when the next one is going to be. I'm actually going to be in the port tonight um, because the nonprofit I work for, Food for Free, is working in conjunction with uh, HRI, which is the uh, manager of the Columbia Terrace apartment buildings. Um, we're doing a free food market tonight. 
so great uh, for the residents of that community so um, I'm really excited about that it's the first one of the summer there's gonna be 12 of them they're gonna be every Thursday night um, at six o'clock so it's just a really good opportunity for us as a nonprofit to be working with um, homeowners rehab and the, and the, the residents and, com- and community members over in the port and just making sure you know we've got food for free picks up every single night from farmers markets anything that doesn't get sold um, we actually pick up. So these farmers, if they didn't sell it and they don't have a farmer's market the next day, they'd rather that it goes to people who will eat it. And That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so we, we go around every night and pick up from the various farmer's markets in Cambridge and Boston and Arlington. And um, we're really able to, to take that produce right then and take it somewhere else where people can use it and eat it. So it's such a nice part of, of my job um, that I still love doing is, is being able to provide that link. Yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. You should come some week. Yeah, I definitely will. I'll get you sure. a t-shirt. <gasps> I would love a t-shirt. She, uh, Alana's wearing a food for free t-shirt right now, too. I do wear it. I actually, I love to wear my t-shirt. I love when you wear the blazer on top of that. Oh, I know. It it's so, good. so Monica from Friends. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have some uh, exciting updates uh, about Central Square. Yeah, so every other week there is a safety and infrastructure meeting um, at the the Central Square Business Association puts it on and people from DPW come and um, the police department. Um, we're going to start having the fire department come and then business members and community members kind of come together and talk about safety and infrastructure issues and concerns and challenges. So one of the things that we've been talking about as a city council for a long time is um, the police department used to, their their headquarters used to be in Central Square. So they moved several years ago to their new location on 6th Street and it's kind of left a little bit of a vacuum um, in Central Square. So in the previous council term, one of the ideas that then Mayor Simmons had was to have sort of an outpost in Central Square near the Carl Baron Plaza where there could be some officers there sort of almost 24 hours a day just to be on site. Um, so Cambridge Savings Bank has um, offered to have us, the police, put a station, kind of this mini station in where their ATM is right now on Mass Ave. Um, so that's actually starting to come together, and that will hopefully be up and running in October. Um, and so we will have a place for our, our police officers to be in case people need them right then. Uh, but in the meantime, we are going to have a dedicated sergeant um, and three police officers that will work in Central Square um, just to be a presence there in the area, uh, especially during the summer. Great. So that's exciting. And what else? There's gonna there's so many arts projects that are that are gonna be coming and and happening. Michael Monastheim, who's the uh, executive director of the Cambridge Cambridge Central Square Business Association, is planning a giant mural project, which will be hopefully about ten murals in Central Square, all by different artists, which I think is gonna be amazing. Um, over the current blockbuster location, sign, yeah. there's going to be a Central Square sign right now. You maybe you've never seen it, but there's kind of like this old school sign that it's like an arrow, um, and it will it is in the process of being done. It will say uh, Central Square, so that's super exciting. And they got that through the store rent improvement program. Yes, yeah. So there's a couple actually things that are coming online now through the Economic Development Department and their storefront improvement and some of their grants. So there's that the Central Square sign, but also in Inman Square, um, there's kind of a vacant. Uh, uh, Sandy's Market. Oh, yeah. Which is right on Cambridge Street, which has been vacant for a while. And, you know, if a store is vacant, then it just gets covered with, like, stickers. And so um, they 
there's a grant through the Economic Development Department. So Gather Here, which is the crafting makerspace in Inman Square, are doing these panels. So they did the first one, and it's hung up, and it says, You Belong Here, and it's beautiful. It's kind of like this hand-knitted panel, and there's going to be a bigger one on the other side. So there's kind of some really great things that are coming online um, arts-wise that I'm excited about. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah, so um, I think that's... That's about the the news from Central Square. The business improvement district is kind of chugging along. We're in phase two right now, and um, it's really looking promising. So that we'll get into more, but that's something that I we I worked on in February that the council voted in, and um, the city is being very helpful in that process. So that's great. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, and lots of stuff happening in here in Central Square. Yeah, a lot of exciting times. So oh we, wait, also yeah. I have one more thing. What? <laughs> I'm so excited. You know, on Prospect Street near Work Bar, there's been that big space that's been empty yes. forever. <gasps> it's going to be a restaurant. <gasps> yes. That's amazing. I know. It's it happening. used to be CCTV, used, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it used to be CCTV, and CCTV is now in this beautiful space on Mass Ave, but it's been empty ever since. Yeah. And now it is going to be a restaurant. Well, that is such a good spot. It's such a good spot. The last thing I will tell you, which is not maybe not such great news, depending on your interests and who you are. Um, I just wanted to let people know that Monday, next Monday, July 16th at La Fabrica at 6 p.m., there is going to be a community meeting Oh yeah, about a new medical marijuana facility that's being proposed for the old Blockbuster uh, location, which was then the Out of the Blue location right in Central Square on the corner of Mass Ave and I can't remember the side street. Uh, it's a pretty big location. That's um, huge. It's huge. And one of the concerns is um, that if you have a ground floor medical marijuana location, it has to be blacked out windows or mirrored out windows. So that's a pretty big stretch of Mass Ave that would be kind of not friendly. Yeah, I think I'll probably head to that meeting. Yeah, so um, if you're interested in that meeting, supporting, learning more, not supporting, it is at La Fabrica at 6 p.m. on July 16th, which is um, next Monday night. And um, I'll I'll try to find something about it on Twitter and send that out because I think that's going to be an important one. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, but... Uh, the YWCA is doing a fundraiser, and we wanted to let you know about it. Oh, that, that's right. I saw this um, recently. They're doing a fundraiser because they um, are doing a movie night. So the YWCA um, is a single-room occupancy housing for women who need a supportive environment where they can live and grow. Um, it's 103 units yeah. um, right on Bishop Allen Drive. And so they're starting to do these Friday night movie nights, and they would love to have some community donations in order to do that. So the donations are candy, popcorn, soda, old DVDs, and new pillows. So if you're interested or have any of those items, you can email W-M-O-O-N-E-Y at Y-M-C-A. That's wrong. That's a typo. I was like, why mistake. did she write this? Okay, what is it? It's Y-W-M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> ca <laughs> dot org if you're interested if you're interested um i was trying to think if i had any dvds I'm, i'll definitely donate popcorn and stuff yeah but do you have yeah i I'm, i was trying to think and i have a i have some dvds and a lot of them are bollywood movies <laughs> which might be interesting uh, th- i love a good bollywood yeah movie. have you have you seen any I, well i have to say my favorite is monsoon wedding 
Okay, that does not count. Does that not count? Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we uh, we'll get on that in another. That is not. Wait, a, no, the only Bali. I'm just joking. Yeah. The only Bollywood I've ever seen is waiting for Punjabi Daba pickup. You know they oh, always yeah. play Bollywood, always and I'm, I'm always in trance, and then I have to go. So they're typically three-hour-long movies, but they're great. So I can't watch the whole thing at a Punjabi <laughs> Dabi pickup. Yeah, you can. Well, they have Bollywood at um, Apple Cinemas. Exactly, and that's right? where my mom and dad go to to see a good catch a little, and her friends they go and catch a flick at the at the Apple Cinemas. And... It's such a I love that that happens there because it's always such a like interesting mix of people that are at the in Apple Cinemas. Like there's like the kids who are all seeing Incredibles too, and yeah, then, like all the Bollywood folks. Just yeah, fun. yeah, it's great. So maybe I'll donate those. Um, what about all your friends' DVDs? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would never. I mean, I actually I own ten, all ten uh, seasons worth, and this is how privileged I was growing up. I, um, you know, it was airing, and they'd uh, have the DVDs come out after every season, and they would sell at Barnes and Nobles, and they were sixty dollars, sixty bucks, sixty, fifty, or sixty bucks. I would beg my mom, and she, because I have the best mom, uh, she would we always get would always get me the dvd so i have all these i was 10 seasons worth that's like now, 500 or 600 dollars yeah and now it's it's like 10 dollars you can buy <laughs> 10 dollars i'm so upset i'm just like oh my god i lost so much money but i was that obsessed with the show so yeah sorry well, i'm now not you still have those. them yeah i mean i guess i could let people borrow it, i'm but, joking yeah. i'm joking i know that you would never do that <laughs> painful anyway uh you know we're we're so glad that uh, you got to listen to us today we we missed you last week we missed you and, and i'm glad that you got to hear from olivia i'm telling you those photographs um yeah are beautiful and um i'm really looking forward to the show especially because it is all about women yeah and olivia is a woman and this women about, are here and women are here and you know the photographer all of her photographs are of women and a lot of them are of herself it's amazing um they're beautiful so everyone should check them out and uh, what, something else to check out is the uh, scout cambridge oh this is so meta we're talking about an article about our podcast on our podcast <laughs> so meta <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we were um we were written up in scout cambridge as a do-gooder game changer, game changer and something something else I think it was do-gooders and game-changers. There's a third thing. Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure which. We're definitely not. You have not, to pick it up. We're not do-gooders. <laughs> no. No. What is the third thing? Anyways, you have to pick it up. And it's not just about Sumble and I. There's actually a number of people here in Cambridge that um, game-changers. Yes. I said that. Oh. <laughs> I got the third one. Um, okay. So there's a number of people. So one of the one of the ones. Oh, Nadia Okamoto. who was oh, also Yes. She was also... Um, a game changer or a do-gooder. Um, and then the the Loop Lab, Christopher Hope from the Loop Lab, which oh, I think yeah. everyone should know more about. It's um, this amazing uh, recording studio and workforce development for young folks who want to get into recording. So um, check it out. It's on. It's free. They're kind of everywhere. Pick it up. Check it out. See who's a game changer, a do-gooder, and a blank. And... Uh, <laughs> That's it. I guess yeah. that's that's our show for the week. We will definitely be back next week and talk to you about a few more Cambridge things. We don't have any meetings. Um, yeah, we don't have any meetings, but we'll we'll update you on stuff. Maybe we'll start watching RuPaul's what's it Drag called? Race. Drag Race. Ten seasons. Ten seasons. Oh, another show is Glow. You should watch Glow. Well, I wa- I saw the first season and I loved it. I just started it last night. Oh my god, it's so good. Okay, female 
wrestling. Female wrestling. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny. And if you haven't seen the first season, definitely see it because the second season is out now. We'll watch. I'll be caught up. Yeah. And then we'll start watching week, it together. And we'll watch. Season okay, two. Perfect. okay, great. Perfect, perfect. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you very, very soon.